If you will, turn to Romans chapter 12. Don't get afraid. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And in just a moment, we'll look at verse 2 together. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And while you're turning there, let me read a few verses to you that God has touched my heart with that goes uh, right along with the verse that, uh, that I, and, and I'll say this, when I get to the text, I'm just going to ask all of you to read it together with me. How would that be? We'll read it together today. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. In Ephesians chapter four and verse 22, the Bible says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And then we come to the text, chapter 12 and verse two. Do you have it? Will you read it together with me? We'll read it on an even pace. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right in the middle of that, be ye transformed. You know, I think, it, I think one of the greatest difficulties we have as Christians when we talk about our salvation to people that don't know Christ as their Savior or people that are in sin, one of the hardest things for us to tell them about, which is one of the sweetest things to us as a Christian, is the change that Jesus made in our life. There is a change when we get saved. He'll make a bad person good and a good person better. Uh, I know Ted and Marty and Bob and Marlene, some others that I worshiped with when I was just a child in the church that dad pastored. We had an elderly gentleman there and later after he went to be with the Lord, his widow attended our church for years and I was privileged to be her pastor, but he would seldom testify. But when he would testify, he would stand up and say four words, no change, no Jesus. That's all he would say. No change, no Jesus. What was he saying? There'll be a change when the Lord comes into your heart. If you are saved, you should be able to tell the difference in what you are and what you were. There's definitely a change. Now we all were guilty of different sin. We weren't guilty of the same sin, but we are all experiencing this fantastic, miraculous change that comes about in our life. The text that I read to you and you read with me, be you transformed, that word transform comes from a base word in the Greek, which is metaphoro, which simply means 
metamorphosis, which talks about the change that we have. We have an experience. He said, there needs to be a change in us. Things should change when we come to the Lord. And when I started years ago praying about this and thinking about this and how it all came to be, for those of you that know much about Candy and I, you know that, uh, that we love a few things, uh, that I guess it's our hobby. It's the only, only thing that I do is uh, I, I deal with birds a lot. We've got, we've got five or six species of birds that we take care of, take care of them regularly. And uh, I, don't, I don't regret a minute of that. That's probably uh, one of the great things that we love to do. And uh, the Hummers are just buzzing right now and they're getting ready to make their trip south. The Orioles are, are active right now. The Bluebirds, we've had three clutches uh, this year. Bluebirds, I still have the Bluebird box that Lonnie Crace made me patched up. Ted made me one and we love Bluebirds and, and uh, we, we love yellow finches that come in. And, and Martins, I can't say enough about the Martins. I was a little heartbroken when I didn't hear them a few mornings just a few days ago. And they've already made their migration headed back down to the Amazon. But we love that. And we love flowers. We don't love slugs. But we love flowers. In fact, I've tried everything they say to try to control the slugs. Best thing I can advise you on that is try to find plants that are slug proof because you are defeating your purpose. For everyone that dies, they'll call a hundred to the funeral. <laughs> and that's the truth. And uh, so you just have to deal with it. But we love flowers. Well, uh, one of the things that you have to watch with your trees and with your flowers are caterpillars. And uh, one year back five or six years ago, we, uh, we didn't have an infestation of caterpillars, but we had more than normal. And the, the thing about a caterpillar is you don't have to deal with them very long because they are probably God's greatest example. You know, Job said, if you really want to find out about some of the things that God teaches us spiritually in the book of Job, Job said, just look to the earth. He said, ask the beast of the field and, and look to the fowls of the air and look to the creatures of the earth and look to the creation of God. And they answer a lot of questions of what God has in mind for us spiritually. Well, the good thing about caterpillars is uh, there's different types of caterpillars. And I don't have time to go into all of that because I'm focusing on one in particular and that particular caterpillar turns into butterflies. Now you do know that every caterpillar doesn't turn into a butterfly. There's different types of caterpillars. In our area, two of the main types of caterpillars, one turns into a moth, the other turns into a butterfly. Butterfly good, moth bad. <laughs> they both go through a change, but one goes through a change that doesn't do anybody any good. The other one goes through a change that helps pollinate and are very effective in God's creation. So I got 
I got consumed with studying, and don't worry, this won't take long, but I think I learned a few things. I hope you learn a few things because I thought looking to the nature that God's made, there's probably not a better example of change and something really becoming something else brand new than watching that caterpillar become a butterfly. Now, the caterpillar, when it's born, it has one objective, and that's to eat everything around it. So it gorges on everything around it. Before it becomes a butterfly, it's a caterpillar. I've read where some, some scientists and, and biologists say that uh, maybe they gain 5,000 times their growth. They grow five, at a 5,000% rate in one to two days. They eat everything. They gorge themselves on their surroundings. Now that's a picture of us before Christ. We gorged ourselves on the world around us. We ate it all up. We've heard testimony of it today. And that's exactly what we did. They were eating with one purpose. That is to gorge themselves. But finally it comes time for a change. If you watch uh, or study, for example, uh, the monarch caterpillar, the monarch caterpillar, uh, and, and here's how you can tell if the caterpillar, the difference between a caterpillar that will become a moth and a caterpillar that will become a butterfly. If you say, well, the caterpillar spins a cocoon around it and it becomes a butterfly, wrong. If it spins a cocoon, it is a moth. A moth embodies itself in a silk cocoon and attaches its whole body to a wall or to another object. And if you have an object that's stuck to the side of your house uh, that looks like a, a cocoon, then that'll be a moth that's on the inside. But with a butterfly, it doesn't spin a web of, of silk around it. It spins one web to attach itself. It doesn't cling to the side. It will crawl up on whatever object it's going on to a twig or a leaf and it'll spin a little silk pad to attach the back of the caterpillar to and it hangs upside down and it always makes this shape, the shape of a J, the letter J. Hey, I can't make this stuff up. This is too good to be true, isn't it? And if there's ever a change, it all starts with the letter J. Jesus. And instead of it spinning a silk cocoon around it, it's not a cocoon, it's a chrysalis. And that is really what it does is it sheds the flesh on the outside to take on a shell on the outside instead. So in the change process, flesh has got to die. If there is a change, you can rest assured the things that you were engorged in before you meet Jesus, it'll all be different after you meet the Lord. Now it's inside this hardened shell and it's about to become a butterfly, but it's not like the cocoon that's soft, it's hard. That chrysalis is hard and the time really comes. I don't know, maybe I'm too excited about this. <laughs> you don't seem as excited about it as I am. Time for it to come, a new creature. And the chrysalis cracks. And when I read this, 
I've thought about this for five years. If you've ever had a chrysalis turn into a butterfly on your property, it'll leave a, a stain. If it's on the edge of your siding, it'll leave a stain because when it cracks, a red liquid comes out. A red liquid comes out and then it emerges with new life, nothing like it was before. It is no longer crawling on the earth. It is meant for the skies now. It stretches its wings and let its wings dry. And it's ready to take its flight and be what God has always intended it to be. God never meant for it to be a caterpillar all of its life. Do you know that in caterpillars like this they have found there is a gland in the brain. If they remove that gland, that caterpillar will live a caterpillar and die a caterpillar if they remove that gland. But if you leave that there, there is that gland behind the brain that suddenly causes that caterpillar to know by instinct what to do and what it wasn't aware of before, it's now aware of that. Can I tell you, God does a process from our head to our heart that changes us on the outside. So now it's not crawling on the earth. Don't die a caterpillar. Don't die gorging yourself on this world. You're here a few days. God meant for you to soar in the heavenlies. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come unto him for eternal life. He's concerned about changing each one of us. Well, the change is not only in appearance. There's some other traits that change too. Are you ready if I give them to you real quick? The caterpillar doesn't even take time to taste what it's swallowing. It just swallows everything. Sounds like this world right now. Anybody can make up anything and everybody will swallow it. People come up with new religions constantly, new ideas, new philosophies. Let me tell you, if you're going to be the butterfly God wants you to be, you better consume this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what the Bible teaches us. So now it tastes things differently. Do you know how a butterfly tastes? A butterfly tastes with its feet. And if you don't know the difference between lettuce and a brownie, then I'm sorry, I can't help you today. If you don't know the difference between pie and cabbage, now I'm not against cabbage, I'll pray for all of y'all that eat it. I'm kidding, folks. <laughs> but there's a big difference between loving what's sweet and loving what's green. You're not, you're not wrong if you love greens. I need them. I'm just trying to get to heaven quicker. <laughs> That's why I don't eat as much of it. But there's a world of difference, wouldn't you agree? 
So it tastes the sweet, but the sweetness is not, is not tasted just by its mouth. It knows what to eat by its feet. You're not getting this. It knows what's sweet because it walks in what's sweet. When its feet touches something sweet, it knows it's at the right place to eat. I'm telling you, there's places that you go that you're saying, this is a sweet place to be. And I know that God has put me right here at a time like this to absorb the sweetness of heavenly honey. And you know how it smells? It uses the antenna to smell. In other words, the sweet odors are taken in from above. It's covered with scales. If you'd look at its wings under a microscope, you would find multiple scales. It's the scales that give it its beautiful color. But most important of all, God has not only designed it for a purpose to pass the sweetness on, to pollinate, but God uses those scales for more than just our enjoyment of its beauty. Those scales have certain patterns, certain shapes, certain colors, because those scales are made to camouflage the butterfly. It can land in safe places and blend in with that and it's protected by the way that God made it. Can I tell you we're in the world, we're not of the world, but I am protected while I'm in the world. I don't have to worry about man, I don't have to fear man that can destroy my body, but I needed to fear the man that can destroy both body and soul in hell. And God says through my life, he will take care of me. He'll watch over us. He'll protect us from our enemies. He'll overshadow us. He's there to fight the battle for us. He's all around us. And he says, I can help you blend right in. Do you know that there are several accounts in the word of God where prophets and kings and even Christ himself, he maneuvered among the crowd and they didn't even know that he had left and Jesus protected them. We're in this world but the world doesn't harm us and the world doesn't touch us and the world doesn't affect us because he keeps us protected while we're in this world. Do you know that some scales reflect an ultraviolet light that are invisible to humans? Mankind can't see it, but the butterfly can see it. Now, why is that important? Because that ultralight light reflects off of those shells, off those scales, rather, and other butterflies can see it. Therefore, they identify one another, and they know and recognize each other because they see the light off the other butterflies. They recognize one another by a light that the world cannot see. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. Have you ever been at the grocery store, run into somebody that you've never met before and you don't even have to know anything about them till something says that person's a Christian, that person is saved. How do you know that? Because you've got the same light reflecting off of you. We recognize one another because we're not like we used to be. Now we love the brethren. We pass from death unto life because of the love that we have and the light that we share with each other. Then I, I don't want to be negative, but I have to tell you one thing. The mouth of the butterfly is different than the mouth of the caterpillar. The mouth of the butterfly is rolled up and it keeps it rolled up until it's time to eat. Then it unrolls and it becomes like a straw when it becomes time to eat. Do you know how I can tell if you're a butterfly or you're a caterpillar? This won't get a lot of shouting, but there's a lot of truth to it. Sometimes you just need to learn to keep your mouth shut. Keep it rolled up. Keep it to yourself. Because if you say it, it's going to sound like the world and people's going to identify you with the world. Don't shout me down now. Isn't that amazing? Am I the only one amazed by that? How God did that wonderful thing? But by the way, he's changed us if we're saved. And the best part, there's another change that is yet to come. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and I love what he said and we shall be changed. There's another change that's coming where we're gonna drop this robe of flesh and rise to seize the everlasting prize. It's coming to each one of us this week. None of us had any idea what our dear, dear, dear friends and loved ones were going through. The Williams family, I know Sarah Caseman is here today, her and Shane, and for Jack to have just gone through this brain bleed and be in Riverside, then Daisy suddenly has a heart problem. They rush her to the hospital. She had 100% blockage. Her heart, the blood came out. They couldn't finally revive her and she finally gave way to that. But let me say this, she is more alive right now than she's ever been before. I've never heard a lady at her age have a voice so strong and so sweet, but you talk about 
about singing. She's singing this morning like she's never sung before. There's coming a time when we're gonna have a change. They'll take these old bodies and they'll plant them in the hillside somewhere, but on that glorious resurrection morn, when Jesus sounds the trump, we're gonna rise with a changed body and we're gonna change homes and we're gonna change the way that we worship and we're gonna change the need for heaven church. Everything's gonna change. No sickness, no death, no pain, no heartache. No politics. No politics. Some of you are more political than saved. I know you've got to take a stand, but why don't you take a stand on the word of God and say God's word is always true. There's going to be a change. What a glorious change. But you can't have that change unless he saves you and changes you.